0: Hello, welcome to Conversations with a Wounded Healer. I'm your host, Sarah Bueno, and today I think it's going to be a very special episode. I have Victoria Albina, who is a functional medicine nurse practitioner and a life coach in New York City, and she and I actually met in Atlanta, Georgia. We were both attending the Drug Policy Alliance conference there, and her energy i was immediately drawn to her and i always feel super weird i got to tell you like i just get vibes from people and then i'm like yo we need to do shit together it's happened so many times and i find that if i let the relationship blossom before i'm like we make all of our evil plans to rule the world they're not evil let's be honest they're like plans to take over the world with love rainbows and unicorns but I feel like if I let those relationships kind of organically grow on their own, they really do become these amazing things. Like my partner, my business partner, Robert, same way. I remember when I first met him, I was like, you, me, friends now. And I could tell he was a little bit like, "Mm, you seem crazy. But it turns out I'm not Ha! You're just crazy enough to go into business with me. But anyway, Victoria is just she's got so much energy. I feel like she and I are very similar in the way that we approach our work and really, you know, being connected with our own authenticity and vulnerability and in ways that support the people that we work with. So I really hope you enjoy this episode with Victoria. Hi, Victoria. How are you? I'm well, Sarah. How are you? I'm good. I got rainbow hair, so I'm feeling good. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So would you mind uh, telling us a little bit more about who
1: you are and what you do? Absolutely. My name is Victoria Albina. I am an integrative and functional medicine nurse practitioner and I do cognitive behavioral life coaching. I work with patients one-on-one in New York City and I do life coaching with folks all over the world.
0: All over the world. Mm -hmm. That could be the end tag theme song for you. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Fantastic. And so we met. I do want to tell everybody how we met because I think it's very important Uh at the DPA, the Drug Policy Alliance Conference in Atlanta. Uh And basically, the conference is getting a bunch of kick ass activists, therapists who I don't even know who all was there, but really cool people who are interested in changing drug policy. And Uh I went to your seminar because there was only one seminar that was like, kind of sort of therapy like focus mm-hmm. and it was on self-care and I walk in and you know you start your thing and then you start doing high kicks and I was like <laughs> I'm in love with you can we be best friends
1: <laughs> BFF yes. for Eva written with the number four
0: definitely yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we got we got a good boomerang of that high kick I'm proud of yep. that for both of
1: us Yep. yeah, <laughs> and for the world, really. I know
0: right. Yeah. so I'm interested in in hearing about your journey because, you know, it sounds like you really do a good job of of integrating the coaching with the nurse Practitioning is I'm sure yep. that's the verb, right? Totally Practitioning. So I'm curious how you got there. and I'm finding with a lot of the people that I interview that, it's not that they like decide I'm going to do this thing. It seems to sometimes more be like a calling that they oh. all of a sudden awaken to. So I'm I'm curious if that's your experience too.
1: Yeah, right on. This work being a calling definitely resonates for me. I come to the work, honestly. I was sick as a dog since I was a little baby. Some of the first stories about me as like a baby baby were that I, once I was trying to eat real food, like Not just breast milk. I was Mm -hmm. sensitive to everything and allergic and responding. I know my poor mother. Yeah, jeez. God bless her. I'm from Argentina and she would God bless her. I couldn't take cow's milk, so she would drive four hours to Buenos Aires from our little town to get soy milk. Oh Oh. she didn't know. She didn't know she was poisoning me. Mom, if you're listening, I don't blame you. (laughs) God bless her. She, like all of us, was doing the absolute best she right. could with the information she had. So she did the right thing because she did what she knew. Point being, little baby sick as dog. Yeah. And it persisted. And like, I remember getting to college and my roommate, like I like had a wicked belly ache. It just felt miserable. My roommate was like, oh no, I never get belly aches. And I remember looking at her and being <laughs> like, wait, what? That's a thing? (laughs) Oh, my God. People don't have constant, sharp, killer abdominal pain Mm. and, like, gas that could wake the actual dead and (laughs) bloating. (laughs) Bloating where you look, like, 47 months pregnant after drinking Mm. a glass of water Mm. and you aren't, like, kind of sad all the time. But with, like, this really strong, vibrating anxiety, Mm. I just thought these things were totally normal and were just... What people deal with and it was really eye-opening to start living in a community of people outside of my family of origin who mm-hmm. don't have these things right and to yeah. start talking to it. and I praise all the gods available that I went to Oberlin like I went to weirdo school
0: oh you did I grew up in Ohio so I know oh. of Oberlin I love Ohio mm-hmm.
1: I don't but okay great I didn't grow up there <laughs> Right? It's like how your own mom can be annoying, but your friends are all like, "Oh, Carmen's so cute." Right. And you're like 15 and you're like, "Oh, she's not." Right, exactly. Right. That's you and me in Ohio. Yes. Yeah, so right, so I went to Weirdo School and I took the most amazing course as a first or second year cuz we don't say freshman sophomore, you know. Oh. Uh Uh-huh. Keeping it potential. I love it. But I did this amazing women's health course that was all about how we can heal ourselves. And it was my intro, Mm. my formal intro to herbalism, nutrition as medicine, integrative medicine, community modes of healing. Mm -hmm. And it was eye-opening. And I remember thinking, this is it. Mm. This is my calling. I have to heal. Not I have to, right? Because Maslow, we only have to eat and drink and sleep indoors, preferably. Not everyone gets to, but right. Right. This is my calling, my opportunity, my option. Mm -hmm. I can be the healer I need. Mm -hmm. So like, for the love of Mike, I didn't have those words in 1997. It took me a decade to find those words. But it sparked that desire in me. And I'm my, on my mom's side, I'm from a very long line of herb witches and women who are very connected to nutrition and herbs as medicine and mm. food as medicine. And so that lineage was with me, right? Like my abuela was like, Aww. anything that ailed you, there's an herb for it. And she was right. Yeah, so I come to the work from being really, really sick and, you know, pre-internet, Healing myself. There were no like mm-hmm. internet summits about IBS. It was right. just like me in the library reading every textbook and reading every everything. Well, in
0: 1997, IBS wasn't even a thing yet, was it?
1: No, good call.
0: Yeah, yeah. it totally
1: wasn't. Yeah, it was a couple of years till I got like a formal diagnosis. But, mm-hmm. like IBS isn't even a diagnosis, it's like a rollout. Yeah, it's a kind of like wastebasket thing when they're like, mm. we don't know what's wrong with you. But it turned out, I had a wicked bad parasite. I had a, really? You know, oh, shit. Yeah, right? And you just swore first, so you opened the floodgates. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, I had blastocystis hominis, which is a real jerk. Turns out my mom had it too. My sister probably has it. You know, probably passing it forth. It's endemic in South America. And I also had small intestine bacterial overgrowth, uh, which is SIBA, which is the thing I treat all hmm. day long. Yeah, and the combination did what it does, right? When these bugs overtake your gut and create all this inflammation secondary to the infection, it literally changes your brain chemistry Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and makes you sad. Yeah. And makes you anxious. Mm -hmm. So I was telling this story. That I was this anxious, intermittently depressed person who, like, was blue and, like, wrote mm. really sad, pathetic poetry and, like, read <laughs> Baudelaire in high school and wore all black. Sarah, it was, like... Really? Deep. Oh, my God, I was so deep into my own ennui. Oh, ennui. Oh, <laughs> ennui. I was so all about it. Oh, I love it. Oh, my God, it was so... It's so ridiculous to look back on those pictures. But yeah, I came to understand that head-heart-gut connection. And through that work, started to heal myself and came to understand that like it's really great to kill bacteria that are overgrown. It's really great to kill parasites. Like, it's really important to balance the gut microbiome, of course. And it's only half the story over the course of a lifetime of being like intermittently depressed and anxious and depressed and anxious. I created all these stories in my head, Mm -hmm. right? These stories about who I am and how I do and the kind of person I am. And so healing my gut was like my literal physiologic Mm -hmm. digestive system was part of it. And the thing that made it stick was healing my head and heart. Mm hmm. And shifting and changing those stories about myself. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm so passionate about doing now for others. I don't want any other, I'm going to say women, because we know that statistically speaking, women and folks of a trans experience get written off at the doctor right mm-hmm, yep you get told oh it's all in your head mm-hmm. uh you have IBS you must just just be depressed mm-hmm. right all this kind of stuff you get put on an SSRI on an antidepressant drug you get a fistful of clonopin or Xanax mm-hmm. a bunch of Ambien for the the insomnia that comes with not getting enough tryptophan in your brain yep right None of it's ever going to do the job until we figure out what's going on with your gut chemistry Mm -hmm. and the stories are in your head.
0: Yeah. And so that's where the coaching part comes in for you.
1: Yeah. So I probably like 15 years ago now went on a journey of self-discovery to figure out like I had killed the gut bugs or was in process of killing the gut bugs and was starting to realize that I was still having the stories. I started reading, you know, Byron Katie and Martha mm-hmm. Beck, and right all the Tara Brock, and then later Brene Brown, and really starting to do that deeper dive into the link between psychology mm-hmm. and physiologic health, and came to realize that they are literally the same thing. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's pretty great to not have belly pain every day and to not tell the story. Oh, I'm just I'm like depressive. I'm just a depressed person or right. I'm just an anxious person because that's, mm-hmm. that's just not true. <laughs> like, it's not true. And it's not honest.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: An honest way of representing myself and my experience to myself, first and foremost. Right. And secondarily to those I
0: interact with. Yeah. I, it's funny because I am a pusher of meditation because that Uh, has uh, been such a huge thing. I think meditation is one of those things that people will instantly throw up, you know, boundaries around and be like, well, I can't, I can't meditate Mm -hmm. because I'm too anxious. And it's just (laughs) that, like that idea of I am this thing and it cannot be changed. Whereas I have seen people make radical transformation. Mm -hmm. I've made radical transformation. I used to be a super fucking anxious person. Mm -hmm. And now generally, like I have anxiety about things one would have anxiety about instead of this like constant worry all the time. So it can be shifted. And the whole gut health thing, I work with a holistic nutrition. I guess she's a nutrition coach. I'm not sure. sure. I keep saying the wrong thing and she's probably going to end up getting sued because of that. But, no. but she has said the same thing to me that I guess, like, what is it that most of your, is it serotonin or dopamine or whatever is produced in the gut? Serotonin. serotonin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And on the meditation cortisol, if I can nerd yes, about it for a second. Please. So I think a couple things happen. I think, so I recommend meditation to like all of my patients, all of my clients, strangers yep. on the bus, strangers on the train. I know, train, right? <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's mm-hmm. a really nice coat you found on sale. Have you considered meditation? <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel yeah, the same. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like literally on a flight to California not that long ago, sat in the back with one of the flight attendants and gave her my heart math clip and like sat with her while she Aww. meditated. So one of the reasons I think why people don't meditate is what you said, right? Is this story mm-hmm. about ourselves. I am too anxious a person. Yep. So that wasn't about habits, right? Yep. Like as if one could be inherently anxious, which I don't believe in. And this like meditations for hippies, meditations for someone else, meditations for like a person who's not me Mm -hmm. because meditation can't work, Mm -hmm. right? Drugs work, meditation can't. And I think the thing that's really important to talk about is sympathetic and parasympathetic dominance. Yes. Preach. I shall. We've got our like, we've got our fight or flight system Mm -hmm. and then the rest and digest system. So our bodies are genius and are primed for survival. So that Mm -hmm. means our bodies are primed to look around and say, that's going to kill me. 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 Right. Yep. And to stay ahead of the lions, the hyenas, the hippos, the whatever it is that's going to kill us. And so what can happen in our modern world I should say studies show that very few people in the United States today are actively being chased by lions. Right. <clears throat> so studies show. And so <laughs> but our, <clears throat> I, I am it. also an epidemiologist by training but anyway. But so, anyway, so I digress. MPH nerdiness, so I know from studies.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: of uh, lions so, our brains can get sort of stuck in this sympathetic overdrive, mm-hmm. in this feeling like everything in the world is a lion. It yep. is coming for to eat us. Eat us, it shall. Death and doom are imminent. Mm-hmm. And so, if that is the predominant either conscious thought or subconscious thought, mm-hmm. it is the correct response to be anxious. Mm-hmm. So I want to say, I think anxiety is evidence that your brain is powerful.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Your brain is magical and your brain is trying to protect you and you can tell it a different story. Mm -hmm. Right. This point feels very important to me because my patients and clients will beat themselves up left and right. Mm -hmm. Like, why am I so anxious? I wish I could just stop being anxious. I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, step a number one is to thank your brain for anxiety. Tend and befriend. Amen, sister. Mm-hmm. Right? Your brain thinks you're dying, and it is wrong, and that's okay. hmm So then step two is to start bringing the meditation in to shift us from that, like, anxious, sympathetic dominance, oh, my God, fight or flight, to parasympathetic, rest and digest. Mm-hmm. Then it makes sense if you think about lions that if you're in that like hyped up, anxious, like uh, your vagus nerve that runs through the whole middle of your body, mm-hmm. the motor complex, which is the choo-choo train that moves through your small intestine, the peristaltic wave of the large intestine, these things will stop. Mm-hmm. Because last time I checked, if there's a lion chasing you, you probably shouldn't work to break down that Reuben you just had. You should like... <laughs> Right. I love it it's a Reuben. Oh yeah, I'm in New York. Yeah, all the sauce out. Right? <laughs> yeah, really. Nice gluten-free bread, grainy mustard, mm. Ooh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? Like it doesn't make sense to digest. It's a not right. an intelligent move. Mhm. That, you know, anxiety and not digesting go hand in hand because science.
0: I've been doing a lot of self-compassion work lately for myself personally, and then, you know, doing it with clients and teaching other therapists about it. And I kind of think that that's like the magic bullet. I hate to say (laughs) that one thing is the answer to anything, but I kind of think self-compassion is like the answer. Because just like you said, thank your brain. Like, you Mm. know, self-compassion work talks about what's his name? Tim Desmond is the guy mm-hmm. that I've been reading and there's parts, right? And there's one part of you that's trying to make you better. And like you said, trying to keep you safe. And we need to thank that part of us and say, I appreciate what you're doing, but you're doing it wrong. And so <laughs> yes. let me consciously use my prefrontal cortex to take mm-hmm. over instead of letting the amygdala run the show. Oof. Yeah. So, and that, as far as I understand, that mindfulness piece can only be mm-hmm. strengthened by meditation.
1: Absolutely. And I would even adjust that a little from my framework. Mm-hmm. The brain's actually, I don't think it's doing it wrong. It's doing it exactly right. True. Mm-hmm. To the input you're giving it. Right. Yep. So give a different input. Mm-hmm. Yes, right? Absolutely. Our thoughts lead to our feelings. I believe in the cognitive behavioral model deeply. And so, if we can pick thoughts that serve us, our bodies will have feelings that serve us.
0: Hmm. I also think too, because another thing that's been really helpful lately in my awareness is tapping into sensation even before feelings.
1: Ooh, yeah. Because
0: if I think about, you know, the feeling of falling in love is the same as going on a roller coaster, is the same as if I'm scared before a presentation, right? And the only difference between it is the judgment that my brain puts on it and says, this is bad or this is good. And so getting more in touch with that physical sense and giving different input, you know, instead of making up the story that this is bad, saying, this is normal. This is a process. And I don't have to fight against this. I ride the wave instead of trying to
1: fight the wave. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. And meditation gives us the, mm-hmm. it opens that door yes. to feeling those feelings. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we've had those both had, and I'm sure many listeners have experienced or know someone who tells the story of feeling numbed out yep. and not being in touch with that sensation mm-hmm. or the sets of sensations that move mm-hmm. through our bodies at any point, or on the opposite end, being flooded by them, <laughs> right? Oh my God,
0: yeah, yeah. Because that's yeah. how I roll. I'm like, I'm feeling all of the emotions and all the sensations at one time. Yeah, now function mm-hmm. like a normal human,
1: right? <laughs> uh huh. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Adulting's hard when you're feeling 127 million percent of the things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and.
0: I was just doing a presentation on Friday to a bunch of therapists in downstate Illinois. So downstate, like super rural, like I was driving for hours without seeing anything except for yeah. fields. And we were talking about meditation and there's just, it's, it just bums me out that there's resistance at all. Like it's, yeah. and the thing that's best about it is it's free, right? literally, literally. everyone can do it. Yeah. There's like no excuse. But our brains are saying, maybe not.
1: Yeah. And so some of the tricks that I love, my favorite is the pee break meditation. Ooh, tell me more. Well, Sarah. So <laughs> even that I mostly work with mammals with small uh, with the smaller sized bladder, mm-hmm. you know, I pee 473 million times a day. Mm-hmm, same. I mean, I'm like chugging water. And so I pee. Every time you go pee... Take a deep, slow breath in and out. Oh, look, you meditated.
0: Oh. Isn't that sweet? Pietation. That's what oh I Oh my God, call it's it. pietation. <laughs> you could market that and make it a whole thing.
1: I'm going to make it a whole thing. I was actually about to post a blog post about it. So I, I shall Love change it. the tick. Pietation. It's just, I think we can all get so busy and like you get 70 million alerts on your phone and your boss and your cousin and your mom and your kid and your dog and the dishwasher is broken and the, you know, like there's Mm -hmm. so much that our great, great, great grandmas didn't deal with. Yep. And so for me, I find the easiest way to set a goal for a habit change is to link it to something I'm going to do anyway hmm.
0: And I love I hear you thinking like a nutrition person because that's the easiest way to make a change food wise, too. Right. Sure. Yeah. Do what you're already doing, but just take away a little something or add a little something, make it more manageable, more workable.
1: Yeah. And me, I'm always about adding because like little kids, dogs. I mean, anyone, nobody likes having something like taken from them. Whoa. Ah, so it's like two things, right? Like I invite my clients will often say like, oh, do I have to give up gluten? Mm-hmm. I'm like, A number one, you're an adult. You don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to feel better, let me recommend that you do a trial of an elimination diet to see what we can shift and change. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that'll mean cutting off gluten for a while, for example. But for the first couple weeks, let's really focus on adding in, mm-hmm. Right add in one veggie per meal Mm -hmm. let's add in some coconut oil let's Mm -hmm. add in butter if you can do dairy or ghee or Mm -hmm. Argentine so steaks (laughs) yes right but like if we can just start to shift the the emotional it's the same as meditation right shift the emotional framework around for example Mm -hmm. what we're eating and recognizing that your kindergarten teacher was right you are what you eat Mm-hmm. If you, to feel well, eat well. Otherwise, you'll feel like a piece of pizza. Well, that's so true. Yeah. It's so true. <laughs> yeah. And having felt like pizza for many years, let me tell you, mm, yes. it's not a great look. It's better to feel
0: like carrots. Total side <laughs> note Have you seen American Vandal?
1: <gasps> no
0: watch it on Netflix immediately. It's hilarious. And it's basically a spoof of true crime shows. And the, the premise of it is someone drew or spray painted graffitied dicks on 27 cars.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: And the reason that I thought of this is the, the character who they're blaming for this. He wears a, a sweatshirt that just says carrots and you're like, oh, what the fuck? What? But it's what? amazing. And of course, they sell it now. 100%. And I
1: want to buy it. And I think I should get you one. And I should get you one. Yes. Let's get each other one. It's I love it. It's so much it. more fun to get other people presents.
0: You're I right. I, and to right get it? presents.
1: Yes. I love getting presents. Let's okay. get each other presents. Okay, All right. We're done. We'll work that okay, out. Okay, Done. <laughs> done. Okay, I have to go watch that show now. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. yeah JK. I'll All stay right. for the rest. Okay, good.
0: So let's, let's shift to the healer stuff. Because, you yeah. know, I think... I mean, I, I, when I started the, the podcast, the idea that was that I was going to interview other therapists and mm-hmm. I was like, no, there's healing is not just an emotional mm-hmm. mental mm-hmm. thing. It's obviously more applicable to not more applicable, but also applicable to the body and all that sort of stuff. Sure. So I would love to hear your take on what you feel about using the word healer in terms of your work.
1: Mm. Oh, I just love that. That's so great. I think I think it's really like it's one thing to practice medicine, Mm -hmm.
0: which
1: is a science and an art and a lot of really, really, really intelligent, nerdy, amazing people who are incredible at memorizing and (laughs) test taking (laughs) uh, practice medicine. And that's great. We need them. We need them in uh, cardiology and mm-hmm. interventional radiology. Mm-hmm. And I think of a place where body and heart and mind and soul and spirit meet. The kind of work we do is where a healer is called for. Mm-hmm. Right? Someone who works to truly meet Not just the person with whom they're working, patient, client, whatever, Mm -hmm. but the world and themselves Mm -hmm. as a whole.
0: It's funny because now that I've been doing a good handful of interviews, when I get to this question and ask people, more often than not, the response is to kind of push away from
1: this healer. Oh, interesting. Yeah.
0: And I... I'm wondering because we were talking a little bit before we started recording about like our feminist values, right? Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that influences your feeling of your ability to own that word for yourself. Mm. Because the fear from a lot of people that I've talked to and the reason they wanna push it away is this fear that they will be perceived as someone who thinks that they're doing the healing themselves rather than it being a shared experience. But I don't hear that from you, right? Mm. Like I'm not hearing ego, but I'm hearing ownership. I'm hearing Mm. you are stepping up to the calling with which you have been chosen. And owning it. And I think, Mm. I think we need to make more space for women to do that without saying that they're egotistical or bitchy or bossy or whatever that is. And I, so thank you for showing up (laughs) that way.
1: Thank you for hearing me. I really, that reflection feels really powerful and I'm, I'm really honored by it and grateful for it. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. And I think you're definitely onto something. I think there is, there's a feminist ethos too. Saying that my power on this planet, the reason I am here matters. Yeah. Right. And whether that's to say, like, I am the world's best accountant. (laughs) Right. I am an amazing plumber, whatever it is. Or I come from a long line of herbalists and witches and women of the earth. So I learned and became an herbalist while also praising my ancestors, holding them in my heart. Giving thanks and gratitude for the modeling that they did, Mm. right? And the way they held the importance of the human body and the importance of the earth and the importance of God as they understood God Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. together, right? And the sacred spaces that I have been so honored and blessed and lucky to get to participate in and be in and show up for. Women's space, sacred healing space. I was at Standing Rock for a while. I was at Hmm. Haiti after the earthquake, which could not be a more like different medical scene. And there are examples of people coming together Mm -hmm. to really heal. I'm jealous.
0: (laughs) I mean the way the way that you describe it's so funny. I I remember thinking at one point in my life like. White people have no culture. Like <laughs> I grew up in, we were just white. We were just suburban and white and there was nothing. Like my mom was really into our ancestry, but not in this collective healing supportive sort of way that I'm hearing you talk about it. And, and I think, I feel anyway, there's a shift right now happening and the feminine energy is moving like like waves and (sighs) taking over and i have felt a more supportive feminine love in my life now Mm -hmm. than i have ever felt before and just hearing about like you know being in touch with bodies and being in touch with Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. higher power and as women i think we can uniquely do that for each other in a Mm -hmm. way that a man can't do for us in a way Mm -hmm. that you know a mixed Mixed genders can't necessarily do. women are so fucking powerful. Yeah, we are. Yeah,
1: yeah, we are. We're pretty friggin incredible.
0: Yeah, sorry, dudes, yeah. watch out. Here we come. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Mm. So I love that you own healer. i'm I'm really curious now on your take with a uh, wounded healer, and if that applies to you.
1: Oh God, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's everything I was talking about before, right? Like, I come to this work from a place of being, and I say this with, like, love and a sense of humor. Girl, I was such a hot mess.
0: Oh, me too. Yay! Right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I'm, like, genuinely confused by clinicians of any assortment who haven't, you know, like, GI doctors who've never had a bellyache. Endocrinologists whose thyroid has always, you know run the straight and narrow who were mm-hmm. like, don't understand the, like when my gut was a mess, my thyroid was like, wait, what? Mm. Who don't understand sleeping 6 million hours and waking up with like bone aching fatigue. Mm. And I'm not like, let's be real, right? Like I treat high cholesterol in a very integrative way. I've never had high cholesterol, Mm -hmm. but right. So I'm not saying you have to like have had all the things to be able to work with the things. But what I'm saying is it's just fascinating to me because I feel like when a gal calls and is like, oh my God. (laughs) I ate like four sesame seeds and my pants won't fit. I'm so bloated. Or (laughs) I was on a first date and, oh my God, you don't even understand. I had to go to the bathroom and meow, 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 or whatever the story is. Mm -hmm. And I guess we can like, all of us who identify as healers, no, that's too. That's Strike that from the record. I feel (laughs) like there is something inherent in saying I am a healer and like stepping into that. Mm -hmm. Which brings with it a capacity, I would imagine, or the way I use it, to step into deep, true compassion and empathy. Yeah. But I I don't know. I just feel like part and parcel of that for me is having like really been like sick as shit.
0: Right. Well, and the way that you're talking, it almost makes me reflect on, can we be a healer if we haven't been wounded?
1: Right. But what does that even... Yes. I mean, totally. Absolutely. And what does it mean to be socialized as a woman, right? Assigned female at birth Mm -hmm. or to be a little gay boy or a little trans kid. What does it mean to grow up with parents who are of a generation where they may not have done their work and there may Mm -hmm. be codependency or substance use. There Mm -hmm. may be eating issues or complexities with food, policing of our bodies, Mm -hmm. um, Or neglect or, you know, the like benign neglect of, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. flex term, right? We can problematize. But I think there is inherent to late stage capitalism. There is wounding. Mm -hmm. Like who hasn't had what they are telling in their head to be a stressful situation and wanted to eat to numb, drink to Mm -hmm. numb, social media to numb, Mm -hmm. sex to numb shop to numb exercise to numb not exercise to not nu- like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we are in this stage where it's yeah I think all of us have wounding mm-hmm. it's just about where how you connect with it and what it means to you and what you make it mean right and if you want to grow from it or, or you know if you have the tools and support to grow from it
0: Right. I may have mentioned this on the yeah. podcast before already, but so my therapist is a shaman and mm-hmm. we talked about soul age essentially. <sighs> and I guess middle-aged souls are the ones that seem to be engaged in more growth in, mm-hmm. in their, you know, present lifetime. Cause the young souls are too mm-hmm. busy with their egos getting in the way. Yeah. And the old souls are like, eh, fuck it. I did that already. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. I'm just thinking about, you know, I end up talking with my clients a lot about kind of the bullshit of the American dream and how that mm-hmm. seems to be what is killing everyone right now, mm-hmm. right? Because it is yeah. the stress, it is this expectation yeah. of what you should be and you should do. And I guess that's a product of capitalism and
1: individualism. Yep. yep.
0: And it just sucks.
1: Yep. Yeah. I feel like the most healing spaces that I have been in, in my life have been the most communitarian spaces, mm-hmm. right? Where cooking is shared, where cleaning is shared, where day-to-day maintenance is shared, like where mm-hmm. life is a shared experience. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't know you what know, the answer
0: right? is, man.
1: Well, I think the answer is we start small, right? Like Have board game night at your house and, like, have (laughs) book club, and read Audre Lorde and, like, Mm -hmm. start, think globally, act locally to show my age as a kid Mm -hmm. from the 90s because I'm sure I have that on a T-shirt. But, like, build community when and where you can. And when there are calls to go to Standing Rock, go. Mm -hmm. When there are calls to go to a protest, if you are emotionally and physically able, because no guilt or shame here. Right. But if you can, you're in a place to go, go. Mm -hmm. And if you you know what I mean, like reach out, connect, get involved. Social connection is good for your physical, mental and spiritual health. They say it's one of the best determinants of longevity. Right. Exactly. Smokers Mm -hmm. with lots of friends live longer than non-smokers who don't have friends Mm -hmm. or smokers who don't have friends, Mm -hmm. which is like not to guilt the introverts or shame the introverts.
0: Well, but it's not a, a cause in, my husband's an introvert and mm. he connects, but he just connects, I guess, less vigorously than I do. <laughs> right? you all
1: have vigorous connector.
0: Right? Life. Like you and I yes. are cackling and my husband's just, you know, exactly. sitting in the corner waiting to get a word in oh. edgewise. So that, yeah, I, I think it's more about the quality of connection and introverts can have their quality connections. I'm going to oh. give that to him. <laughs> give it to
1: them. Why not?
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I was going to ask you about like authenticity and vulnerability in terms of your work, but it's so funny. I feel like you and I are so similar that we're just kind of like, here it is. I'm not going to share my deep, dark, dirty secrets, but I'm certainly going to tell you that I've got them. And, you know, I will tell you as much as you need to know for the purposes of your own work.
1: (laughs) Yep. Yeah. I think it's really important and it's definitely one of the differences between, so as a primary care provider for many years before Mm -hmm. I went to private practice a few years ago. And I worked in a couple different places as a primary care provider. And what really struck me is how close to the chest everyone holds their cards.
0: Yeah. The fucking medical model, man. Like Mm -hmm. that is just what they
1: do. Yep. I remember learning in school, like when a patient asks about you, you can turn the question around. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, oh, do you have any kids? Do you have any kids? Right. Yeah. Because that totally right. feels compassionate. and <laughs> loving. yeah, Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Versus even like, you know, shifting it into a motivational interviewing question, right? right. Like, are you asking about kids because kids are an important thing in your life? Tell me about that. Is that one of the things that drives you to want to feel better? Right. Wanting yeah. to have kids or wanting to like stay healthy for your grandkids or like whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, vulnerability is definitely front and center in my work. I think it's really, really important. Again, this goes back to wounded healer. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've read The Body Keeps the Score.
0: I haven't read it all, but it's on my nightstand.
1: <laughs> get, it, girl, get it? It is. Oh, so I know. Amazing. I saw him speak, and really? yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh my god, I would have gone all fangirl all over it. I would have been like, "Oh
0: my god!" Hi. I know. That's how right. I am with Gabor Mate. Do you know who he is?
1: Oh, Come on, yes. Oh, girl. God, we are such nerds. I know, I love it. (laughs) Runs through your hair. But um, yeah, you know, he talks about in that book, The Body Keeps the Score, about the right treatment with the right healer at the right time. Mm -hmm. And that those three things have to line up. Yep. Or change is less likely. Mm -hmm. It's not impossible, but it's optimized when those things line up. And I think part of being the right healer for someone is cosmic and out of my control, right? Mm -hmm. About me. But the more I can show up as me, Mm -hmm. the space it creates for that right connection.
0: Yes. And it's so funny when I think of that in terms of our healthcare system being, Mm -hmm. Insurance and outcome based, it just yeah. makes me want to punch somebody in the face.
1: Sure, because yeah. that
0: is you can't you can't measure for this shit. And like people nope. will heal on their own time. Yep. And uh, if we're all about like, because it's it's funny. Like obviously, evidence based treatment super important, right? Oh yes, yes. But at the same <laughs> time, manualized treatment. Bullshit. That's not healing. So mm. there has to be this space in between. And I think I feel like the insurance companies and just that whole mess in general takes the art out of the work. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what makes it healing instead of fixing.
1: Amen. Absolutely. That's so funny. I have a conversation with every person new to care with me that we're we're not fixing nothing because mm-hmm. my babies ain't broken. Right. I and mean, they can't poop for nothing. But they are are not broken mammals, right? Right. Like their gut microbiome may be like two little cells screaming at each other into the void instead of, you know, 100 billion. But it's not about being broken or fixing. Our brains and our bodies believe the stories that we tell them. Yep. So if the thought is, I am broken, Mm -hmm. the feeling is apathy, despair. The action you will take is likely... In action. Mm-hmm. Why bother? Why take my vitamins? Why follow the nutrition plan? Why, like, do the weird stool testing Vic wants me to do? <laughs>
0: right? Pooping like, in a bucket is super fun, I
1: got to tell you. Amen. I ask people to do it all day long. So I love it. It's an empowerment shift that feels super important to me.
0: And that is, I think, also the gift of a healer because. If I think of myself as a healer, I think of myself as I'm holding hope Mm. and my job is to help you feel hopeful, right? And empowerment, I think of empowerment (laughs) and hope in the same camp. If somebody hopes and, and feels efficacy to do something, there comes empowerment and then there's
1: momentum. Yep. Completely agreed. I love that.
0: So how do we run the world so we can make it better?
1: I think we're working on it. I think right. we're like almost there. Very almost. close. we yeah. like any minute now. <laughs> any minute now. Co-empresses of the planet.
0: Yes. Ooh, co-empresses. I really mm-hmm. like that. As mm-hmm. long as I get a tiara. Oh my gosh. You can have all of the tiaras. Yes. All of them. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: wow. This has been so awesome. It really has been. It's been
1: such a delight to talk with you.
0: Yeah. I knew you were a soul sister when I like, it's so funny. You can just smell it real quick. Can't (laughs) you? Yeah. Like, Uh oh yes. You're one of my tribe. So this has been so awesome. Is is there anything that we haven't talked about that you really want to share with listeners today?
1: Um, hmm. you don't have to suffer. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Living this life, dealing with whatever cards you've been dealt, whatever alcoholic household you grew up in, or Mm -hmm. codependent habit you have taken on to survive the world. If you have IBS or belly pain, inflammatory bowel disease, chronic acne, infertility, fatigue, hypothyroid, Mm you know, I could go on and on about a list of diagnoses or emotional states. There's hope. You and I are holding it. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and you can improve the circumstances of your life. Mm-hmm. It behooves you to find the right help. You, me, other—you know—healers like ourselves take that brave first step
0: mm-hmm.
1: to reach out, find someone, raise your hand, and say, "Help!" Yes. I can't poop. The free block. Um, Help! I can't poop. I love it. Oh my God. I get that message 70 times a day. Oh my God. You know, I can't like, I feel like I can't stop eating things that make me feel sick. You know, I need help drinking less. I need help with my depression and anxiety. I don't want to be on these drugs anymore, whatever drugs they are Mm -hmm. and find that person who you connect with in that soul spirit, Tribe way, you and I were just talking about. Mm -hmm. Reach out, learn about them, put your faith in them, and listen to your body. Mm -hmm. Trust and believe that you can heal. I mean, I was so sick. I mean, not to belabor this, but I was Mm -hmm. so sick. And if I can now live GI symptom-free, my eczema psoriasis is gone, my thyroid is. Friggin' gorgeous. I mean, mm. to brag, my thyroid numbers are the bomb. Oh, my God, your thyroid is so pretty. Thank you. It looks like a butterfly, so it is yours. Yes. Um, I'm not anemic anymore. I don't have B12 deficiency. I still have the genetic methylation SNPs. That's a whole other call. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah. even know what that is. <laughs> yeah. that's another call. We could do that one. But, like, you know, I still have genetic propensities towards things that can mm-hmm. make me feel terrible. Mm-hmm. And I know how to handle it. Mm. I know how to manage it. I know how to support myself daily in a way that, again, is about empowerment and knowing that I can do everything I can to feel my best and release the rest.
0: Mm. That is awesome. I'd hire you. Okay, great. Done.
1: Sold. (laughs) Well, thank
0: you so much for taking the time. This has really been an
1: absolute pleasure. It has been, it's just been so lovely to talk with you. And I'm glad that you're doing this podcast to get the word out and uh, introduce your uh, listeners to so many cool people. Yes. And I'm, I'm really inspired by you and the work you're doing in the world and your rainbow hair. So. Oh,
0: thanks, man. Ditto on everything except the rainbow hair. Cause. Thank you.
1: It's but, just brown. But it's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. It's a lot. I've got like a lot of hair and the more fat I eat, the better it looks. So Ooh. putting that out there. Just saying avocados Just all the way, Whew, all the way that, and, you know, healing the gut lining and learning to truly and deeply love myself, but you know, whatever. It's right. also, it, right? <laughs> so I can have good hair. I love it's it. Like, oh, I'm a Leo <laughs> I'm like a Leo all day, all night. Leo. Amazing. So.
0: I certainly hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as Victoria and I really liked talking to each other. So <laughs> lots of digressions, but I hope it was interesting. So thank you so much, Victoria, for being a guest with me today. And thanks to Andrea Klunder and Edwin Ruiz at the Creative Imposter Studios for editing and mixing. Liam O'Donnell for the great album Art. And to Ben Mueller for our theme music. For more information on Victoria, you can visit my website at headhearttherapy.com/conversations-with-a-wounded-healer, and you'll find all of Victoria's information for how to connect with her. She is she gives really good Facebook and Instagram, so I highly recommend connecting with her. Thanks for tuning in.